from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider here on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. We are on Sirius XM Channel 111, and we are live. It is 2017, and we are taking all of your career questions throughout the hour. If it's Thursday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, give us a call at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and I'm the career director for the MBA for Executives program here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter, and we are here. The Dream Team is back. Michelle and Dion, excited to have you here, and you know you know, I'm going to ask you about your New Year's resolutions, and don't think I've forgotten what you said last year. Michelle, how are those nails? They're non-existent. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Dion, the cooking. I've got the, same, I've got the same one I had last year. Because I, I kind of <laughs> fell off the wagon hard. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going back to the well again. Well, see, like both of you, I actually, my mine was to not hit the snooze button. Oh, I remember. Yeah. So that's non-existent to you. So I'm just going to give it up. I mean, you guys, you guys are <laughs> well, troopers. I'm going to try again, though. For, yeah, I'm not going to try again. I just decided the snooze button was created for a reason, and I like it, and I'm going to stick with it. So What about Espanol? <laughs> Uh, so that is my goal for this year. So I just okay. I just got back from a trip to Cartagena, and I realized how poor my Spanish is. I thought I was progressing, but, you know, throw yourself into the lion's den, and you realize, well, crap. <laughs> but I could say the important stuff. Vino, cerveza, you know, donde está el baño. I got the basics down, but I need to work on that. So that's my resolution. So, hey, Happy New Year. Do you have a career resolution you are working on for 2017? You are on the right channel. You're on Career Talk, and we are taking your questions throughout the hour at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. We would love to hear from you. Hey, you might inspire somebody else. So, to kick off the new year, we welcome back a very fun guest, Karen Yangovich, who is a self-proclaimed massive LinkedIn geek. Love that. Um, she is a social media expert and internationally recognized leader on LinkedIn. Through her company, Uplevel Media LLC, Karen guides career track professionals, executives, startups, and established brands to more profitable engagement through strategic social conversations. You can find out more about Karen's consulting services, LinkedIn workshops and programs, and her speaking topics on KarenYankovic.com. That's K-A-R-E-N-Y-A-N-K-O-V-I-C-H.com. Welcome back to Career Talk, Karen. Thanks, Dawn. I'm so happy to be here. I love you guys. Well, we love having you here, and you're so high energy that it made sense to kick off the new year with with having you as a guest. So, okay, you know I'm going to ask you about your New Year's resolution. Yeah. <laughs> my New Year's resolution is around seeing the bottom of my email box Ooh. on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. Right. We're, on we're, occasion. We'll be, I'll, I'll be happy with on occasion. On occasion. Once. <laughs> right, maybe. Right. This year. <laughs> we'll check in with you next time you're yes. on the show on that one and see how that's going. But hey, do you have a career resolution? Why not make 2017 the best year of your career? Give us a call at 844 or you can send me a tweet at Dr. Don Graham on Twitter. Hey, so we are going to talk, obviously, about... LinkedIn um, on the show. But a couple of things. It was interesting. My computer totally conked out over the break and I had to get a new one. And you know how you have all the passwords saved for everything, Facebook, Twitter, you know, all, LinkedIn, all these things. I couldn't remember a single one except LinkedIn. And I'm not really sure what that says about me, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> I think it says that you understand that the most important <laughs> LinkedIn, online platform on the planet is LinkedIn. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But I was like, well, this is curious. I cannot remember my, my Gmail password. I can't remember my Yahoo. Nothing. I could remember my, my LinkedIn. So, yeah. So, it must be an important piece. But... um. There's the one thing I do hate about LinkedIn, I'm going to say this, is that they are they are notorious for just changing things like you, you, you wake up one day and you go in and it's different than yesterday. A feature that was there is no longer there. And this has been happening since since they started back in May 2003. But I know there's been a lot of buzz about the changes that are happening for 2017. And, and one of the biggest ones is a new interface. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give LinkedIn a little pass on that though, Dawn, and say they're all they all change a lot. Facebook changes a lot. Twitter probably hasn't changed much, but I know Instagram's changed a lot. So they all change. Hopefully, with new intelligence to help make it better. And yeah, this new user interface is a big change for LinkedIn. It's a big change for LinkedIn, and I think we're gonna see. I think this is one of the changes that we're seeing as a result of their, you know, of Microsoft acquiring them. I mm-hmm. think that the interface was clunky, and this new interface is much more intuitive. And I think we can thank Microsoft for that. So, and we were talking a little bit before the show got started about the history of LinkedIn and and how it's kind of it's changed over time from from more of a social interaction to more of a business platform where it's it's more about sales. And I mean, one of the key things we've seen is that there's been more of a push of LinkedIn for people to actually purchase premium services and that that some of the cool features are only available if you have a paid subscription. Yeah, yeah. So so when you say sales, you're talking about buying LinkedIn stuff, right? Because I think <laughs> there could be also using it for to get more sales, right? But um, yeah, I mean, for sure, this new user interface is leading us to um, their, premium pl- their premium platforms. I think that it's... From what I'm seeing so far, what I what, what I like about what they're doing is that they're as well as changing the user interface for the free platform, they're 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 encouraging us to use in, in many cases LinkedIn Sales Navigator, but they've made some massive positive changes to that. So I've been paying for that for like two years and I, I literally and I do it because I teach it, so I need to understand it, but I really haven't used it. Now I'm using it because the changes they've made to it made it so easy for me to use it and to follow up with potential leads for me or people that I just want to get to know better or have a better relationship with that'll further my goals, whether it's my business or my life goals. So so yeah, they're they're leading us to the paid programs, but they're putting time and money and effort into making them better for us as well. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we're here with Karen Yankovic, who is a LinkedIn expert. Um, and we are talking all about how social media can help you in the new year to make the best of your career. So if you're thinking of a career change, you have questions on LinkedIn or any social media, or you just have a general question about how you can make your career the best it's going to be in 2017, we are here taking your calls live all hour. If it's Thursday, we're here at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. Or you can send us a tweet at Dr. Don Graham. So, okay, so I definitely want to get to LinkedIn's um, sales navigator and and some of the the potential benefits that that users can have with that. But a question that always comes up even before we get to that is, is the basic premium membership even worth it? So, and this changes, like I said, LinkedIn is notorious for making changes, but um, people always ask, do I need this or can I just stick with the free basic? You know, Prior to this change, I would have said you absolutely can stick with the free basic. But since this change, I would say if you're going to invest in anything, and I don't care what your LinkedIn goals are, I think Sales Navigator, even if you're not selling for a living, and we can talk about why I think this, but I think Sales Navigator is the best investment if you're going to invest in a premium version because that's where they're putting a lot of their time and effort um, in developing the you know all the cool, fun things that it does. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you need it. But if you're going to use LinkedIn to further relationships for whatever reason, it might be worth the investment. And they are offering now, um, from what I understand, they're offering now three months free in Sales Navigator. Usually it's a month free, but they're actually investing in three months free because they want you to really get in there and play with it and use it. And they know how fast a month can go. So, you know, take advantage of that three months, but then use it in those three months and see if it makes sense for you. So how can people get three months free? Um, I think, well, right now, because they're pushing Sales Navigator, it's really hard to not be able to find it, you know, but there is a, if you go up to the top on the right where the settings are and, you know, you go to your account, there's options for your accounts. And one of those options will be Sales Navigator and it should pop up that option. If it's not popping up that option for you, tweet me at Karen Yankovic and I'll help you find it. But, um, you know, my understanding is, you know, I can't promise they're offering it to everybody, but I'm hearing that they're offering it to everyone. So hopefully they're offering it to you. You could always reach out to them and say, I want to test it. Can I get a free pass for three months? You can Mm -hmm. always just ask them for it if you can't find it. Great idea. So we are going to go to Christy in New York. Christy, welcome to Career Talk. Happy New Year. How can we help you today? Ah, Happy New Year. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Um, My daughter had a recent issue. Uh, She was applying for an internship. She's a college student, and she's going to be graduating next December. Um, And 
She has had a disability in the past, a medical issue that's under control. But one of the questions, and it was a, a, a application for PayPal, and uh, they asked about disabilities, if you had had one in the past, if you currently had one. I guess they had a bunch of different um, options to choose from. I was a little surprised at the question. She asked me how I would have answered it, and honestly, um, I couldn't tell her. I said, you know, initially, I wouldn't want it to exclude me. Um, she was thinking, you know, because they have to be fair, uh, that it might be something that might push her up. But um, I, I wanted to know your your take on that. Yeah. So without um, without knowing what the the disability uh, is, or without uh, you know knowing what the list was that PayPal was asking about. I guess my general thought on this is that if um, if there's something that you can't perform in the job, then oh, that's okay. something that may need to be disclosed because, I mean, let's just say I'm just going to pick something random. Um, you know, you have to be able to lift boxes of 50 pounds and you have a disability that prevents you from doing that, then, you know, that's probably something that they need to know. If it's something that would not have an issue or any impact on the job, I'm not really understanding why they would be asking that. I mean, Karen, have you come across yeah, this? Yeah, no, I haven't come across it either. So PayPal was the employer? That was asking that yes, question. It was an in, it was an application for an internship. Okay, and and PayPal would have, was the employer, and um, she the, and I was quite surprised that they even asked that question. And it was more of like, oh, you know, we're an equal opportunities employer, and you know, we just need or you. It's not going to affect your application either way. They indicated. Um, but she just checked the box that that it was an issue, a medical issue in the past that she had had, not a current issue. But you know, but it was a disability. Yeah, I mean, it's so. interesting to, that they say if it's not going to it's not going to impact anything, but we're asking you anyway. <laughs> I, I mean, know. so what's I, the point? I was a little surprised <laughs> that a big company like that would be even asking something like that at that level. You know. Yeah, that that seems odd to me that they're saying we don't we don't really care we don't use this information but we want to know i mean um like i said if it's if it's something that would prohibit your um, daughter from doing the job then obviously that might not be a good match anyway but other than that i mean i think medical information is is personal information and i i would not disclose it yeah i don't think i would either and i mean this is definitely not my zone of genius but so certainly check with an you know an, an hr expert but the reality is if it's why say yes if you know I, don't, I can't think of any reason why they need to know that if it doesn't affect the job. Especially the since they said they didn't need to right, know it. Right, they don't right, need to know it. I, think, I think she was thinking, well, maybe if, it, you know, if they have so, many, so much quota of people with disabilities that they have to, that, they, that it might put her in a different pool that would push her higher. But they know, said right on there that it will not affect our decision, right? So. How yeah. how can they even legally do that then? Yeah, so exactly. It's, it's, I yeah, to me, I thought, wow, how did they even? Op- why would they even open themselves up to that? Yeah, Christy, that is a really interesting question. I'm gonna, if we have any uh, HR experts out there who are listening, I'm gonna invite you to call and weigh in on that because that definitely is a new one for me. We don't we don't need this information. It won't affect our decision. It has nothing to do with the job, but we want to know. So yeah. <laughs> it, makes, yeah. it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But yeah, if you're an HR expert, a recruiter out there who has come across this situation. We'd love to hear from you, 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. Christy, thank you for the question. Best of luck to your daughter on the internship. And if you have a question for Career Talk, we are taking your calls all hour, 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Karen Yankovich, who is an internationally recognized LinkedIn expert. Um, who I just give you a lot of credit if you can keep up with their day-to-day changes. <laughs> well, it's my job. Right, so it's a little bit easier. But I have to tell you, don't don't think I wasn't boning up before this this today. So you never know; things change pretty quickly. So you're, we were talking about Sales Navigator, which um, just to clarify for people listening, um, there are multiple levels of paid subscriptions on LinkedIn. So I have the the basic premium, which actually has gone away this year. So if I need to renew, I can't get that. So so you kind of have the what is now the new basic, which I think is the business. They call it business um, edition, and that's the lowest cost. It's about five hundred and seventy-five dollars a year, um, and then they have the talent 
which is something that recruiters and, and you know, companies and HR people would use. And they have the sales navigator, which is designed for people who are selling like B2B. Is... Yeah, yes and no. I mean, you know, it's really interesting because I was actually thinking about this because I know, you know, that this audience is a lot of job seekers and people in the, you know, looking for jobs, not necessarily looking to sell, right? But when you're looking for a job, you're still looking to connect with and kind of sell yourself, right? And one of the things that Sales Navigator does that none of the other platforms do is it makes it really easy for you to stay top of mind with people that are important to you. Um, they basically, you create, you know, you they, they throw things in your face that they think you're interested. It's very intuitive also. So it's got an intuitive search, not just a, an actual search, right? So the search basically knows the kinds of things you're looking for because you help it, right? But it does things like, let's just say you want to work for PayPal. You know, you you can literally you choose PayPal as an account and go to, you know, go to four or five people based on t- title in PayPal and choose them as leads. They don't know this at all. But then what happens is LinkedIn will now notify you anytime they post, anytime they do anything, anytime that PayPal posts something interesting, you'll get notifications of that. So as a job seeker, if you want to work there, that's a pretty cool feature because you can now interact with these people that may be on the hiring decision team for somebody that you're going to be reaching out to soon, right? And get to know them and have them get to know your name. So by the time you actually submit your application, they already kind of recognize your name, right? So it's pretty cool the way they've got it laid out. So here's here's a question that I... Um... Um, that popped into my head, and I'm, I'm guessing other listeners have that. Is that is that kind of a shady way to do it, like pretending or posing as if you're a business trying to do business with them? Well, you're not pretending or posing that you're a business trying to do business with them, right? Your profile is still written as a job seeker, if that's what you are, or whatever it is that you're looking to do. Um, all you're really looking to do is connect with them and and, re- and forge a relationship with them. You're not you're not really posing as a business to business relationship. You're just you know, you're just looking to make a relationship with people that you think are influential to you. So I don't think you're really posing as anything. I think you're just, and you haven't even, by the way, you don't even have to connect with them to do all these things. Mm-hmm. I think you probably might want to and and then give them some kind of reason why you want to. I'm a student and I'm really interested in, I've seen the work you did around this. Because now remember, LinkedIn's feeding you this, right? So if, if last week you see they release a white paper on something, you can now, a week or two later, connect with them and say, I read your white paper on and I love this and this and this. And I'd love to be connected with you this is a field that's really interesting for me as I graduate. So, so, okay, so that's the most expensive one. That's $80 a month. $80 a month. Okay. So let's talk about the, the basic account. So that's one option. And if you can get that three months free, I mean, heck, why not, right? <laughs> why not? I, I think if you get it the three months free, you may want to keep it an extra couple of months, especially if you're working it. All right. Um, so I want to talk to you about the basic versus like basic non-paid mm-hmm. versus the paid. But before we do that, we're going to go to Ricky in Texas. Ricky, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Hey, Happy New Year, Ricky. Happy New Year to you, too. So my question really centers around uh, when someone is out searching for a new job and uh, you're working with prospective employers and uh, those employers are asking for previous work experience, et cetera, uh, what, what do employers typically do those those previous employers, what what types of information do they typically release to those new employers? Do they give details around why uh, you left the company, uh, whether or not you're rehirable, et cetera? Interesting um, question. Great question, actually, um, Ricky. So here's the thing. I think it's important to know the answer to that. And I don't think enough people actually know that for sure. A lot of companies, Ricky, have a policy where they can only give out your, your tenure, so the dates you work there and your title. Um, but questions like, are are you rehirable? That often comes up in an exit interview in a company. And sometimes they will disclose that information. And a reference, somebody calling for a reference will say, would you rehire this? person and they can they can give that information so it does vary company by company and what I recommend to people is that you ask directly your HR department or your legal department what information will you disclose to a future employer who calls you for a reference because they will tell you and it will vary company to company a lot of people worry will you give out my salary some companies may and some companies may not but you need to know what your company policy is so is it an option for you to call your HR, get in touch with them, and, 
and find out? Yes, absolutely. That's that's great advice. Thank you. Yes, because nowadays um, the other thing that people feel like, oh, well, I'm not going to give them my, my employer. I'm going to give them a colleague or something like that. But since we are talking about social media and LinkedIn, it is really easy for a recruiter or an HR person to tie back who you worked for on LinkedIn if you're a user and your your former boss is a user or your company. I mean, you can find these people and there's no law that says, hey, I found out that you know through my connections on LinkedIn that this was your boss and I reached out to them and I got this information. They absolutely can do that. So best for you to know what you're working with so that you can proceed accordingly. So Ricky, thank you so much for the call. We're wishing you all the best in 2017. And hey, what are your plans for your career in 2017? We want to know. And if we can help you, give us a call at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Karen Yankovich, and we're taking your calls the entire hour and talking all about social media, LinkedIn, and just all fun things for the 2017. So, okay. So let's talk basic, basic. Karen, you should have a LinkedIn profile. If you don't have a LinkedIn yeah. profile, you don't exist. And <laughs> and you should take a lot of time to create a great LinkedIn profile. Because all these other things we're talking about aren't going to work for you at all if you haven't taken the time to create a great profile for yourself. And one that's branded in the direction you want to go. And I know we talk, and, and I love something you always say, which is when you fill out your experience section, it doesn't say your job history or anything. It says your experience, right. which gives you a lot of flexibility. So don't don't just put a history of what you've done if that's not the direction you want to go. Yeah, I was thinking about that with the last caller when he said that, you know, you if if you have a job that you want to bury a little bit, right, because you're a little worried about what might come up about it, then what other kinds of work have you done in that industry that you can use as experience? If you were, you know, the president of your union, if you were the president of your kids PTA, right, those are things that position you as a leader. And those are that's experience that you can use in that section. If, if you, you know, and I would use that because it, it shows you as influential. Mm-hmm. So basic, basic, have a great profile. Um, if you have a great profile, that's a good start, regardless of whether you're paying. Um, get connections. Yes. <laughs> Connect with people. And think about who those people <laughs> might be valuable. And think about who might be valuable to you. Like, we're, we're recording this. It's January. We've said that a few times. So who's going to be valuable to you in March, right? So think about what are you doing in March and April and start connecting with those people now. So when March or April come and you want to start having conversations with them, you didn't connect with them on Tuesday and ask them for a favor on Wednesday, mm-hmm. right? So think about what you're going to be doing in three months, four months, five months, and start build profiles of those people and start, you know, looking for those and, you know, and, and start connecting with those people now. Yes, and I know I'm broken record on this, but always, always, always send a personal invite. Don't use the, I wouldn't connect with you on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and know, too, that if you send, if you when it asks you how you know them, if you choose friend, they don't ask any more questions. Mm-hmm. And the person on the other end has no idea what you chose. I got I to gotta come back to that because people always freak out over that. That really means nothing. It goes nowhere. Exactly. Like, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, so funny. I know. It's I, so I, funny. But if you choose, like, I don't know this person, then all of a sudden it's like, well, right. then you can't connect. Right. So, so right. If but if you, you choose, say I'm your, you're my friend, then you have a free pass. Yeah. It makes no sense. I don't get it. I'm glad but you don't get there it. There we are. I don't, and you're the expert. <laughs> so... So, okay, I don't get that either. Everybody's your friend. Just choose friend. And it doesn't say, you know, um, Dawn says she's your friend, Karen. It doesn't say that. It just says, it just allowed me to get that connection. So. I do tell people that, though, Karen. So, you know. Yeah. I do say you're my friend. Just so <laughs> right, you know. Right, right back at you. <laughs> so, okay. So that means nothing. Now, when when something happens where it says, oh, input their email, that means the person is not open to connecting with people who don't have their email, which is rare it but it could happens. mean that but it also could if you know it, it depends it depends on it does depend on your privacy settings but it also depends on linkedin too and there's you know one thing about linkedin is they are completely shut down with what they do how they do it and why they do it so there's no guide that says here's what these six choices mean um so it could you know depending on a certain set of circumstances yes you'll be prompted to put in an email address it doesn't necessarily mean that the person requires that because okay. i can say you're my your friend and you still can connect with me mm-hmm. sorry connect Get your connections up. And remember second-level contacts. I think people mistake that. They're like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of friendly with my dentist or, you know, my, my hairdresser, but why should I connect with them? Well, because you don't know who they know, and that is the whole point of LinkedIn, second-level contacts. Okay, so you have a good profile, and you've got your connections up. Um, you have the basic 
basic. And I, I feel like a lot of people don't even use the available resources even on the basic basic. That's very true. So, very true. So I feel like you should learn to use the basic basic and then figure out if you need the premium. Like, for example, joining groups. Joining groups is a great way to get access to people who are not in your network. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you could join you could join up to 50 groups. I mean, you don't have to join that many. Actually, it's now 100. Now it's 100. This is why we have you on, Karen. It's now 100. See, LinkedIn, yep. they change it again. <laughs> so you can join 100 groups. Um, obviously, you should join groups in your in your field. If you're looking to make a change, join groups that are in um, that industry. And you can get access to so many people. You don't need these in-mails or paid anything. You can actually access these people on their profiles, even if they're not first or second contacts. Absolutely. And I'm a huge fan of local networking groups. So if you, wherever you live, put in the name of your community, the name of your town, your county, your state, your area, um, and networking and see what local networking groups are. They tend to be really, really active on LinkedIn. And it's a great way to build out your network mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a more, in a, in a more, um, in a way that isn't so specifically targeted to your industry, but still can help position you with lots of influential people. Mm-hmm. And follow the companies you're interested in. I mean, yes. that's, that's like an easy answer just follow the companies you'll get updates on what they're doing they're posting jobs i mean boom right into your feed yep so i mean that's so all of these things are available on basic that you can do um get your personalized url account i mean i think people vary on how important that is but hey you know what you know what i think it's important i think it's important because number one it tells people you pay attention and that you've taken some effort, you're putting some effort into your LinkedIn mm-hmm. profile, right, as opposed to having the random one that comes up. It also makes it easy for you to rattle off. If you're at a networking event or a job fair or whatever, it's easy for you to say LinkedIn.com slash in slash Karen Yankovich. So I think it's important. I think that's probably one of the most important things, so actually, to have that. If you're not sure what that is, when you open up your LinkedIn and you, you have kind of your business card there up the top, you'll probably notice if you've not personalized that it has your name and gobbledygook, B-G-C-X, da 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 So that's not personalized. So you can go into your settings and personalize it with your name. So, for example, um, LinkedIn.com backslash in Karen Yankovic or Dr. Don Graham or whatever you have. Um, here's why I think it's important. And I agree with the, yeah, it makes your, your profile look tended to. And I think that's important. But if you have a very common name um, and people try and search for you or if you have a name that's difficult to spell, um, this is really critical because this makes it very easy for people to find you or to make sure it's the right you. <laughs> Absolutely. And remember that it, it's your LinkedIn profile is about you. So, you know, if you're looking to be, you know, an architect, you may not want to use architect Karen Yankovic. You might not be able to get your name. But the point is use some variation of your name. Throw in a middle initial. Use first initial, last name or something because you never know what's going to happen career-wise. So if you lock yourself in with your LinkedIn URL, I mean, you can change it. But, you know, you may have some stuff printed, whatever, that has that on there. So try and stick with something that's about you, not about necessarily your career, or certainly not your company name or anything like that, because that could change. Exactly. Exactly. So, okay. So you have that. You have your your basic profile. It's aspirational. You have um, your connections getting up over 500. And, you know, here's the thing about that. You know, people ask, well, why is it cut off at 500? And I know it's so that you're not competitive. Like, ooh, Dawn has 1,800, but Karen has 2,700. You probably have more than that. <laughs> I don't even know. But you know, it's easier to find now how many, how many connections people have too. So it's not as important as it used to be. But if you have under 500, it kind of makes you look like you haven't really paid it. Again, it's not tended to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and most people, again, if you think about it and you're thinking beyond, um, you know, if there's second level connections and who might you need to, to connect with six months from now or who makes sense or going back to your classmates or colleagues or, you know, just spending a couple of minutes scrolling through. And great thing is LinkedIn does it for you to be like, hey, here are some people you might know. Right. And then you're like, how do they know I know this person? I, I know. It is a little creepy. <laughs> it is a little creepy. Um, so so there's that. And then um, one of the things I want to talk about, too, when we get back from the break is skills, because I think this is kind of an interesting thing with the new interface that that those skills which people endorse you for and people are like, oh, those are kind of useless, may not be so useless anymore. So <laughs> so it, tune in. You're going to want to hear that. But before we do that, we are going to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz. 
Yes, there's always a quiz. There's always a quiz. So, okay, the holidays are usually a pretty stressful time for people, and everybody has their own way of dealing with stress. So, according to the American Psychological Association, this is the most popular way of dealing with stress in the U.S. You think you know? 844 Wharton, that's 844-942-7866. So holidays are stressful. The APA has done a survey and has found that this is the most popular way of dealing with stress in the U.S. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. John Graham. We're here with Karen Yankovich, and you're not going to want to miss what's next. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. And welcome back to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 111. It is a new year, and we are here to help all of your career questions. Give us a call at 844 Wharton. That's 844 7866. If it's Thursday, we're here all hour taking your calls live. And hey, if you want more great advice, go to follow my blog on dawnoncareers.com or follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. And we're going to go to Keith in Florida. Keith, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hi. Um, happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, Keith. Yeah, I was calling because I've been um, working at the same job for over six years now, and every year when it comes time for a performance evaluation, my boss asked me to um, basically write my own performance evaluation, and she signs off on it. Um, and of course, I always write myself a glowing performance well, Good for you, Keith. I, I would expect <laughs> nothing less. <laughs> but I'm just starting to think about it, and I've asked some other folks. Um, is, is this doing me a disservice because I never really get a um, chance to get her honest appraisal um, of my performance? And I do work for a large organization, and, you know, she probably um, is tasked with doing a number of performance evaluations. But um, I don't know. I just, I, you know, when I do my performance evaluations for the folks that work for me, that's an opportunity for me to really touch bases with them let them know what I expect from them. Let, let them know, you know, uh, or find out from them if there's anything I can do to support them any further. But I don't know, am I missing an opportunity or is this a good or bad thing? <laughs> it's, it's a total disservice to you, Keith. I mean, flat out, you're, you should be able to have developmental um, conversations with your boss. I mean, it's not unusual for a boss to say, hey, you know, draft this up and then let's sit down and talk about it. And maybe they do a draft as well and you kind of come together. I mean, so so that part isn't unusual to me. But the fact that somebody just glances it over, signs off and says, good job, see you next year. That part is the disservice because you probably have things you want to do, you projects you want to get involved in, areas of of growth you want to pursue, and you're not having that that opportunity to get that um, input to your boss. The other thing is, I'm sure there's areas of growth that that she's noticed that maybe she hasn't told you or would be helpful for you to know. And you're not getting that feedback either. So, uh, yes, bosses are busy and they probably have a lot of people that they need to write these for. But the whole point of of a performance review is so that you get the opportunity to be heard and you hear that feedback. Karen, what are your thoughts on this? You know, I've heard more and more about that, though. I think a lot of companies are starting to combine them, like ask you for, you you know, ask you to write something and then, but you're right, Dawn, come together and discuss it and add to it and and incorporate it. So I love the idea because it does make you think, right, to, it does make you think about trying to be really honest about where you where you think your strengths and weaknesses are and that's probably valuable to a boss but to just sign off on it then that I don't I don't see the point. Yeah, Keith, how closely do you work with your boss? I mean, do you interact every day? Are you are you in the same building? I mean, what's what's the no, situation? No, I'm not in, not in the same building. I work at a university and um, she's the dean and I run a uh, department. So so yeah, so you don't interact every day. So, I mean, it, this, in my opinion, it's interesting because at Wharton, we have just gone to a, instead of an annual review, we've gone to four quarterly reviews that are much more conversational in nature. And I think it's exactly for this reason, because um, this is what's happening, not just at 
at your university, but I think at a lot of companies and other businesses that it's a sign off, you know, check the box, throw it in your file. And that's not at all what it's supposed to be. So if I were you, one of the things I would do is say, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to to give input to my performance evaluation each year. One thing that would be helpful for me is to have a quarterly meeting, you know, hour meeting where we check in. I can share my projects with you. You can give me feedback. And, you know, so it sounds like you're going to have to kind of take the lead on this one and and let your boss know this is something that's important to you and you want to do. I mean, if your boss, I would think, would be excited that you're interested in improving your performance and want to have that interaction. I would guess. I would hope. Yeah, I would too. So yeah, so well, it's gr- so it's great. You have a files worth of glowing, glowing <laughs> performance <laughs> evaluations. Should you ever want to make a change in that university, my ch- chances are you're you're not only going to be able to do that, but you're going to be able to get a good raise. But <laughs> if I were your boss, I'd be a little concerned about that and want to find out how to retain you, Keith. So hey, Keith, happy New Year. Have a great 2017. Thank you for listening to Career Talk. Hey, we are here all hour. If it's Thursday, we are live. 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. And we are here with Karen Yankovich, who is an internationally recognized LinkedIn expert. And Karen, tell people how they can reach you. Yeah, so I am, um, my website is karenyankovich.com. You can get to it at karenwhy.com just to make life easy. Um, and I'm at Karen Yankovich across all social media. So Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, facebook.com slash Karen Yankovich. So I would love for you guys to connect with me. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Let me know that you heard me here on Career Talk Radio because I love getting to know who's listening. Um, helps me help you, right? So uh, yeah, I'd love for you to connect with me. Yeah, and a very cool thing about um, about the new year, new year, new things. Uh, so we are now podcasting Career Talk, so you can access it on Google Play or iTunes. Look for Dr. Dawn on Careers, and you can listen to about 22 episodes from 2016 and then all the episodes going forward. So if you'd like, you can... You can listen to Karen again. And awesome. Again. I didn't know that. Congratulations. That's yeah. exciting. On, when you're, Very when you're exciting. on the treadmill for your New Year's resolution, you know, working yeah. out. Very cool. Podcast. Congratulations. Yes. Very cool. So, of course, I don't want to keep people waiting because we did have our pre-break quiz, Karen, so we're going to have to answer this. So, the holidays are stressful. We all know that. And everybody's got their own ways of dealing with stress. But according to the American Psychological Association, this is the most popular way of dealing with stress in the U.S. So, Michelle, I'm going to go to you first. Because, Whoa! Because cause you, I mean... New year, new dawn. New I was, year, new dawn. I was just telling Dion. Well, of course she's going to go to you first, and now you're going to take my see, answer. See? It's always that's, unpredictable that's here. At career talk. Hashtag keep, keeping new, year, us, new dawn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using that right now, keeping us on our toes. Um, okay. Do you want to repeat the question? So just so everybody knows, what I, I'm going to repeat the question. I'm going to do something. I'm going to actually have all three of you answer. At the same time? Well, not at the same time. Oh. But I was like, man, we're really switching <laughs> One, here. two, three. What? Yeah, no, but I just, because, you know, I, I'm. Okay. New Year. Okay. So, according to the APA, American Psychological Association, this is the most popular way of dealing with stress in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Michelle. Okay. I'm going to guess what my original answer was, which I feel like it's too obvious, so it's going to be wrong. But it's exercise. Exercise. Okay. Dion? You know what? That's what I was going to change, too, from my other obvious answer. I was going to say eating. Eating. All right, Karen. Yeah, those were my two answers. So (laughs) I was going to lead with eating. Um, Um, You had a different answer over the break. I did have a different answer over the break. My answer over the break was vodka. But um, (laughs) Yes. I concur. But my actual answer was going to be eating. <laughs> Can we just tell? I, I went in on the break and I said, Dawn, what do you think my answer would be? And she said, drinking? I did. I and did. I said, what, do you, what does that say about me that drinking is Dawn's guess for me? I mean, well, I, I mean, this is the U.S. I would guess that's an answer for, for a lot of people. <laughs> that's true. Which is that's why true. I went with eating and not exercise, by yeah. the way, as number one over those two answers. I like it. Well, exercise should be the answer, but it's actually not even in like the top four. <laughs> Jeez. I know, I know. Um, so coming in in fourth place is drinking, which is shocking to me. 
I think people are not being honest on the survey. Oh, of course not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> coming at second place at 23% was eating. And that's not bad. Yeah, that's not, it's a favorite of mine. No, I'm, I'm it for me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Dion. He never makes the list. <laughs> this is true. Um, second is surfing the internet. Now, I think that's pretty realistic. I mean, think about it. When you're kind of stressed, you go to Twitter, Facebook, you start kind of distracting. I mean, it's all about distraction. And that stresses me out more, this, though. Well, and the number one is, I, I, see, I did think this was pretty obvious when you think about it. TV. Oh, yes. TV. And, and And this is like not just, now it's not just TV. It's Netflix on your on your iPad and all this other stuff. The escape. The the total escape. I mean, um, it's it's kind of sick uh, that av- the average American adult watches over five hours of TV each Day. Day. Like, it's like, I'm like, where is this time? Like, where where are we doing this? Like, right. Because, you know, like, if, if I'm watching way less than that, then there's somebody watching way more than that. Yes. Right? To make that the average. So crazy. I, I, that's 35 hours a week. That's a full time job. <laughs> <laughs> right. And those are people that don't have time to exercise or or cook healthy for themselves. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. Or learn Spanish. <laughs> we need to get right. <laughs> we need to get our priorities. Uh... So so here's my question. Like 35 hours a week. Does that mean that the U.S. is that calm? We're that zen because we're, we're we're totally de-stressing by watching. We're, we're preempting the stress. Did the study say it actually de-stressed them or just where they went to yeah, get no, money? Yeah, no, it does. Right? Good question. Yeah, that is a very important clarification because <laughs> something that's on TV, especially nowadays, are not yeah. de-stressing anybody. <laughs> It'd be interesting, too, to see if that changes in 2017. But anyway, I thought that was super interesting. I I, I thought it was super interesting that exercise didn't make the list because – I, I mean, I love exercise, but I would say when I'm stressed, that's not what I think. Like, I'm going to go exercise. I think like everybody else, like I'm going to eat or distract myself or drink. Nobody said Xanax. And I, again, right. nobody. How about <laughs> meditation? Was that on there at all? Or any of that yoga stuff? Like yoga, meditation, anything there? I, not in the not in the top four. Wow. So, I mean, I, I love journaling. Journaling is a really good go-to for me. But again... You know, it's not as easy as just grabbing right. a Snickers bar or whatever. Right. Turning the TV on. <laughs> Turning the TV. Or nowadays, it's, yeah. So anyway, one of the New Year's resolutions everybody can have is decrease the amount of TV that they watch. And, and maybe exercise or do yoga. Who knows? <laughs> so, hey, you're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. We are here all hour taking your calls to make your 2017 great. We are here at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. And we are here with Karen Yankovic. And we're going to go to George in Georgia. <laughs> Hi, George. <laughs> yes, I get that laugh. Well, it's great to laugh. We just did a we just did a pre-break quiz on that a couple of weeks ago. It, like burns calories, it extends your life. So I mean, you are helping the world live longer, George. What do you think about that? Uh, I'm I'm so good. I'm good with that. Because, All right. Uh, I'm a I'm a CFO. I'm a turnaround CFO. Uh, my last assignment, uh, I was brought in to help turn around the company. Uh, I did that. And I had a 36-year con—I mean, 36-year. That'd be nice. 36-year contract, 36-month uh, contract. About 30 months into, 32 months into the contract, uh, the CF, the CEO, and I, um, we, she decided to cancel my contract. Uh, as at, at a, it got to a point in the last, I say, six months where it was a constant. Uh, uh, battle between she's taking us back down where uh, she took the company before I got there because I helped. I mean, I actually led a turn, led the turnaround. The company was doing fine. They hit a bump on the road uh, where sales didn't achieve their goals, and uh, so it, it it got to the point where you know we're, we're trying to. She's trying to start new locations. And locations can't uh, can't be paid for. So, so, you know, I said, well, why don't, why don't we wait until, wait, wait, just wait three more months, wait three, you know, wait, because I had a revenue initiative that I had brought to the table and was executing that was going to bring, um, 
So, George, uh, an increase it, of about a third. you had a 36-month contract. You were doing what you were supposed to do. The CEO decided that she didn't want you to do that any longer, so she breaks the contract, and now you're in a position where you're, you're with the company still fighting this, or you're looking for something new? Oh, yeah. No, I'm still I'm, – uh, the contract is over. They uh, – not, not only did they, and that's fine. I mean, the, the contract allowed to be canceled 30 days, uh, canceled at any time. And uh, so the, the the issue is, how do I answer the question, why did you leave ABC Company? And uh, to, to boot, um, the company, all they had to do was wait four more months, and they wouldn't have owed me any severance, but uh, they owe me now a year of severance, which they're not paying. It didn't pay my uh, accrued vacation, which is against the law in the state. Okay. So now we're in court. So, and yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's this really is messy. <laughs> this is super messy. messy. Um, and you're in court for, for certain things, and you're looking for a new employment, and you're being asked the question, you know, why did you leave your last company? And you're wanting to know how to answer that. Um, and that's a tough one. This is a tough one. Now, one of the things that we had had a caller ask before is what is the company going to say if they're called as a reference? So I think if you've not had that conversation with your current, uh, well, I guess your former contract employer, I think you need to ask that question. I think you need to understand what they are going to share with somebody um, if they get called for a reference. So are they going to say you got fired? Are they going to say we had, you know, we were on contract and we ended? Um, what are they going to say? Because I think in this case, the best case scenario is, is you can say it was a contract um, and now I'm looking for something new. But if the company is going to to disclose something different, then that puts you in a little bit of a of a bind. So, do you know the answer to that question, George? I don't know if they're, you know, since we're in court, right? Where there's a there's not a pending lawsuit, there's a current lawsuit going on. Um, I don't know if they will answer an email. I I really doubt that they will answer an email from me. Um, but I, I can send that question because I did hear you say that. About you said the same thing to a previous caller, which I, I thought about that. I said hmm, maybe I could send the director of HR, who's in the personally named in the lawsuit, and the CEO who's personally named in the, in the lawsuit. And in the, in the uh, yeah, so I don't know if they're going to answer. Yeah, uh, and and I I see that, but I mean I feel like that's that's something that's fair to ask any employer. Because obviously you need to make a living and obviously you need to move on to another company. And I, here's the thing. Less is more. You don't want to lie. You don't want to get yourself caught in a lie. You obviously can't disclose too much because you're in a legal situation. And I think it's it's fair to say that you're not at liberty to discuss the details. Um, but that question will come up as you're looking for a new employment. So I think it's worthwhile, as you're trying to do, to answer that question. Um, so one, I think it's important to find out what that company is, is going to say. And if it's something that can be worked out in the final agreement that you make is that they say we had a contract, the contract ended and, you know, that's all they say, that would be ideal. Um, and that's that's kind of what I would pursue as part of this settlement is because that's going to be a pretty important step. Yeah. Well, and part of your question, was, George, was what do I say and what do you say is that you had a con- it was a contract position and the contract ended. So. That's all you need to say. That's legitimate. It's not a lie. It's the truth. And you're looking for new opportunities. So as far as, you know, I I hear what Dawn's saying about what they're going to say. And that is certainly something for you to consider. But but as long as you're not misrepresenting what happened, I wouldn't worry about it. I would say the con- it was a contract position that ended. And that's the truth. And that's how I would position it. And I would position it, talk about all the things you achieved in that, in that contract, again, legitimately. Um, and then, again, like I also mentioned earlier, is there anything else you can talk about that you're doing in the meantime? Are you, you know, chairing a committee? Are you on the board of directors at a nonprofit? Maybe you should consider opportunities like that to kind of, you know, fill in some of the space if this if this particular, you know, 30 months is going to be an issue. Yeah. And, um, George, the other thing I would say, because you're not the only person in this position and the fact that it's gotten to a lawsuit, I'm so sorry to hear that that is completely stressful. Um, and according to the quiz, you'll probably be watching a lot of TV now. But um, in all seriousness, here's the deal. Anybody who's worked in the job market, 
a long time, has been laid off, has had a disagreement, especially at the executive levels with, you know, somebody in power and has been let go. And I think one of the things I would encourage you to remember during this is that you, like Karen said, don't owe anybody the details, the explanations. It happens. And I think you give them the the, the basic truth and you move on and you talk about all of the achievements you had and recognize that you're not the only one in this situation Um and move forward from it. So it's hard. We wish you all the best. I think 2017 is going to be a much better year for you, George. And um, you made me smile, George from Georgia. So thank you for that. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk. We are on SiriusXM channel 111. And we're talking about skills, Karen. So I want to make sure people know the skills on the LinkedIn profile are now a little bit more important than maybe they were before because... Recruiters can search on these. They can. Well, they kind of always could, but they they're much more they're more prominent now, and they're more intuitive now. So you're you're actually able to let LinkedIn know what are the skills that are important to you, and because they're more intuitive. And again, I'm not really sure how all this stuff works on the back end, but when when people present your skills to your connections to endorse, they're they're doing it based on what they're reading in your profile, what they're seeing in your activity. So they're presenting skills that make more sense, right? So on my profile, for example, I have skills from my project management background that I haven't done in 15 years. So the skills are still listed there, but I'm not getting endorsed for those things anymore because LinkedIn isn't presenting them because I'm not talking about them, Mm -hmm. right? So LinkedIn is much more intuitive and those skills are becoming much more valuable um, as a much more valuable part of your profile. Yeah. One of the other things I want to mention is open candidates, which is a new feature. And basically, this allows you to, in your preferences, to say, hey, I'm open to being contacted about jobs, but it hides your profile from recruiters in your current company. Right. The stealth job search. Right, 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 right. It's pretty cool, right? And that's what I mean by, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I'm, Microsoft gets a lot of credit from me on a lot of these things because that's what they're good at, right? The, this kind of thing, the, the user interface. So, yeah, you can let people know you're looking for opportunities without letting your current employer know. Mm-hmm. And I know that's, that, a big, that that's a big concern. So, um, and it's it's available. You do it for 90 days and then it kind of goes away and then you do it for another 90 days if you want to kind of keep it up. So it makes sure you keep your, your skills fresh and all that. But there are a lot of features that are um, that are in existence that can really help the job seeker. There are. There are. And I think at the end of the day, the better you are at building relationships, the better you're going to be in your current position and in future positions. So, you know, a job search isn't always just about applying for jobs, applying for jobs. It's about building relationships and building relationships can be part of your current position. And that doesn't have to be seen as job seeking, you know, so how you position yourself to just continue to, to continue to build out your LinkedIn network just makes you a more valuable employee and doesn't necessarily need to get seen as job seeking. Well said and a great way to end the show. Karen, thank you so much. Um, how can our listeners reach you? Um, at Karen Yankovich across all social media. And if you want some help, including step-by-step instructions on how to change your URL that Dawn talked about earlier, go to first3things.com, three being the number three, and you'll get a free video series on the first three things you need to do on your LinkedIn profile, one of which is how to create that personalized URL, first3things.com. And... Uh, I'll share a video series with you. And Karen, we are definitely going to have you back because, as always, we didn't get to a million things we wanted to talk (laughs) about. So thank you for that. Michelle and Dion, the Dream Team is back. It is 2017. This is Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. Hey, you want more great advice? You can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham or dawnoncareers.com to sign up for my blog. And we are now podcasting on iTunes and Google Play. Dr. Dawn on Careers. Look for it. Happy 2017, and we will see you next week.